Welcome to Clayton's Business. Today we're going to be covering operations processes, which is the third part of the operations course as part of business studies. When you get to the key syllabus dot point, which we'll be covering in the podcast, you will hear this sound. And if you would like to add to the podcast, you can ask a question at any time. But if you just follow the podcast, listen for the sounds, go through the syllabus dot point, and then ask any questions along the way. So as part of the introduction, the key questions that must be answered are what production activities are required? What will be the sequence of those activities? How often will the process need to be changed or adjusted? And what technology will be used? So when you're assessing the performance of operations, the manager determines how effectively the business makes and assembles raw materials and turns them into finished goods and services. Inputs. So inputs could be materials, people, or physical resources, and they're categorized as transformed or transforming. So these will be intangible in the case of time and money. And when the imports are actually transformed, they're converted into goods and services, which are the outputs. So the transformation that occurs in a school would be the inputs being classrooms, students, textbooks, computers, and teachers. The transformations would be the educating and the socializing. And the outputs are the knowledgeable students that you then become when you're ready for the workforce. Transformed resources. So these are changed and converted into something else, which could be a finished good or a service. And examples of these are materials, information and customers. So in a service-based industry, the customer is clearly the most important resource. Whereas in manufacturing, the company would focus on materials as their most important resource. Materials. So these might be the raw ingredients, the parts and the supplies used in operations. So supplies are actually different to raw materials because they help produce the output, but they're not a component of the final good or service. So an example in real estate would be the supplies being fuel for the cars and stationary supplies. So all the materials there are considered current assets, and that's because they're kept within the business for no longer than 12 months. Information. So this is stored in files. It could be in a computer program or in a database. The information is used to make plans, execute operations, and keep control over inputs. So an example of information in business could be the knowledge to operate the equipment, designs for architecture, customer orders, quality analysis reports, and engineering plans. And generally, you would learn lessons from your operational mistakes as a form of feedback, and the failure to achieve your performance objectives could also be an input in future operations. Customers. So doctors and hairdressers, for example, can transform the way customers feel and look. An airline or a travel company may change the location of their customers. When customers are entertained by theatres or movies or stay in a hotel, value has been added to their quality of life. Transforming resources, starting with human resources. So many businesses would know that people are their greatest asset. That's because the skill, the knowledge, the capability and the labour of people is applied to the materials which then converts them into goods and services. 
There is a strong relationship with the HR function, which gives the business suitably qualified, skilled and experienced employees. And then obviously being motivated and having loyal employees are very essential to this as well. Facilities. So this is the building, the land, the equipment and technology that the business would use. These are non-current assets because they're generally used to generate a profit over 12 months. So they remain in the business after all the materials have been used up. So technology is essential to this because that can lead a business to use its transform resources in a more efficient and effective way. Transformation processes. So these add value in four different ways. Physically altering the physical inputs or changes, transportation of goods and services, protection and safety, and information. So giving customers a better understanding of the good or service. So an example would be, how would a bike owner add value to a racing bike? So the owner may source a quality carbon fiber frame from a distributor, including wheels, gears, and a seat. The owner would then employ a bike mechanic. So they would build the bike using different components and they may create a value for money racer for say $2,000, which was the budget that the customer gave. As the customer couldn't afford to buy the bike at once, the shop kept the bike securely in a locked room until a final payment was made. And then when the customer paid for and picked it up, the owner took a lot of time to explain the value, performance and features, therefore adding value to the bike. Influences, volume, variety, variation and visibility. So these four dimensions include the production method is one of the most important considerations. This could be job production, batch production or flow production. So job production would suit products and services that require a lot higher quality customization than the standard product. So this might be a smartphone. Batch production is similar to jobbing except products are made in groups or batches. So bread would be a good example of this. Flow production, which is also known as line production, involves flow of inputs and outputs continuously and is often associated with an assembly line. Volume. So volume would be the number of products that's produced by the operation. So if a business uses mass production, it will produce a really high volume with a high degree of repetition. A low volume business uses a production process that has lots of stoppages or adjustments. So low volume operations uses less equipment with the emphasis on multi-skilled labor and may be involved in a craft type industry, such as say wedding dress design. Variety. This refers to the number of different models and variations which are offered by a business in either its products or its services. Because customers have different needs, the goods and services do need to be modified or a wide variety of models and options need to be provided to cater for their needs. So if a business produces a high volume product with low variety, that is capital intensive. So there'd be assembly lines and a focus on producing at the lowest cost per unit possible. Variation. So this can change according to the time of day. It could be the season, the holidays, the time of year. So where you get steady predictable demand with little variation, operations will be similar to those that produce low variety and high volume. And when we have volatility in the pattern of demand, operations do need to be flexible. The manager needs to anticipate and plan for these changes in demand and have a high level of contact within the market. Visibility. So operations is influenced by the degree to which customers can actually see the operations in action. If this is a service-based business, it has high visibility. 
while customers will rarely see the operations process in a manufacturing business. So they need to ensure they've got well-trained, highly skilled, adaptable staff who can handle the individual need of customers. Speed of operations is important, as customers usually have a much lower tolerance of waiting. Subway is a really good example of high visibility, where people can see the operations management throughout the restaurant as they have their sandwich made for them. The four V's. So of the four V's, the most important influences are volume and variety. So a business with high volume will be limited in its flexibility to produce a large variety or respond to change in demand. The product life cycle is important for the four B's as well. During the establishment phase, there's slow growth in demand and volume with a higher level of customization. Demand then increases dramatically once they go through the establishment phase and into the growth phase. Once we get to the maturity phase, the business will generally have lower variations in demand and may offer more variety to attract those different target markets. And when they move into the demand phase, sorry, the decline phase, demand and volume falls and you get some variations on the standard product, which are then deleted from production. Scheduling and sequencing. So these tools are used to identify all the steps in the operations process and put them into the most efficient order to complete. So for this, you could use tools such as a Gantt chart or a critical path analysis. Task analysis is where you break down exactly how the manufacture of a good or activities to complete a service can be accomplished. So when you're organizing scheduling and sequencing tools, the operations manager needs information about which production activities are used, when the activity will occur, how long the activity takes to finish, what activities are interdependent and independent, and what activities are related, and what resources will be used. Gantt charts. A Gantt chart records the number of tasks involved in each project and the estimated time needed. So these data are sometimes called milestones, and this is where critical decisions may need to be made. So what the chart may show is the schedule for orders on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis, and they would use the bars to show the starting and the completion dates for each order. The Gantt chart also allows the business to compare actual progress to its originally planned progress. Critical path analysis. A CPA is an appropriate scheduling tool for any operation that involves a series of repeated tasks. The critical aspect of operations are the tasks that cannot be changed without having an impact on the time it takes to complete the operations process. So as all tasks need to be completed, the critical path time period is the longest path taken to complete the whole project. So a good example would be the time it takes to complete a house. Certain jobs cannot be done until other jobs in the house are completed. Technology. Technology is a key input in operations. A business may want to achieve a sustainable technological advantage by using leading edge technology. If you'd like to be a bit more sensible, they may use technology that's already been established, which is obviously known as established technology. It's, it's less risk and you wouldn't need to invest in technology that may actually fail. So there's lots of improvements in machines these days, and you can actually transform inputs into outputs using process technologies. So computer-aided design and computer-aided manufacturing would be an example. Another example may be using FPOS at a farmer's market. Product technology is different to process technology, though, because this is the actual innovation in the products. So a laptop computer is a good example. 
Technology can improve the competitiveness of operations as it becomes more flexible and it can allow the business to respond to changes in the market. It also enables the business to produce non-standardized versions of a standard product. So Ray-Ban Sunnies would be a good example. Flexible manufacturing systems are an integrated approach to using technology and have an impact on task design and the layout of the facility. Task design. So each task is individually analyzed and broken down into steps and allocated to machines and employees with appropriate skills, knowledge and capabilities. So even if the process is established, task design leads to ongoing analysis, any adjustments in each activity to ensure we have continuous improvement in productivity. Monitoring, control and improvement. So even if operations is managed really, really well, monitoring, control and improvement relate to those performance objectives of quality, speed, dependability, flexibility, customization and cost. So the purpose of this monitoring and control is to ensure that the processes of operations run efficiently and effectively, producing the goods and services it was actually designed for. You may need to make adjustments and changes day to day for the short term and even the entire operations for the long term. So you will collect data about the following. So operations costs, the amount of waste, the number of defects and the quality of the product, the speed of the manufacturing or response time and the volume of the output. Generally, a business will seek a competitive advantage through improvements in the following areas of performance. So quality, so if you get it right the first time with defect-free products and error-free services. By speed, so you would increase the speed of production and delivery. Dependability, making sure you're on time with a reliable operation system. And flexibility, so you have processes that are able to change and you would always offer new products and more choice. Outputs. So the outputs from different industries, for banking, you would have financial services such as home loans, investment advice, security. In education, the outputs would be you guys, the socially responsible young adults. And in construction, you'd have buildings, homes and roads that meet the specs of the architects, designers and engineers. So the purpose of output as an operations function is to produce the outputs that have value to customers, that is greater to the cost of its inputs. So businesses in resource industrial markets would supply outputs that are used by other businesses as inputs. So an example would be cotton fibre produced by a cotton farm would then be an input for a clothing manufacturer. Another thing is waste, defective products and worn out machinery may also be considered as a secondary output. Customer service. So most companies would have a vision or a mission statement which promise good customer service. Pretty straightforward. That would be an intangible output that requires extensive contact with customers and is labor intensive. When a business can't achieve a competitive advantage with a better product, it can differentiate itself as better because it has better customer service. And good customer service increases consumer satisfaction as we know and contributes to that competitive advantage as it creates long-term relationships and therefore brand loyalty. Technology has changed the way customer service is delivered, which creates the opportunity to cut costs. So you have websites, automatic telephone answering computers, voice recognition software, and good customer service is an aspect of relationship marketing. This leads to a business charging higher prices and lessening the need to reduce costs elsewhere in the business. 
Warranties. So warranties and assurance that a business makes to stand by the quality claims of the products it makes and provides to the market. So under Australian law, all businesses must ensure that the goods have a level of quality that's comparable to the price and product description, as suitable for the purpose or job they will be used for, so that's similar to fit for purpose, match the product description in any advertising or any promotion, are free from defects or faults. So responsibilities for warranty make up the implied warranty that gives consumers legal protection, and that's under the Fair Trading Act from 1987 and the Competition and Consumer Act from 2010. A business may offer an extended warranty, such as a three-year replacement warranty that's above the legal minimum, but that normally comes at an extra cost. So that's classed as an additional service and gives peace of mind to the consumer. Okay, that pretty much covers the whole of topic three for operations. So go through that. If you have any questions or you don't understand anything, please let me know. And good luck with everything. Thanks a lot for listening.